It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome once again to the Leeds Up podcast ahead of game week 15 of the 22-23 Premier League season episode 171. I'm James and today I'm joined by Rocco Dean. Hello. And Andy. As if there's 171 episodes of this shite. (laughs) (laughs) It got a lot better once you buggered off. Goodbye. (laughs) Uh, So we've got some catching up to do. Well, we were due to record after the Fulham game, but sadly my wife went into labour. So that scuppered our plans for recording a podcast to be honest right now i'm very tired so we'll see how this goes yeah she's been a tory for years hasn't she <laughs> yeah she uh she was all for liz truss but kia starmer showed her the way well congratulations jim what you had we've had a we've had a girl another leeds fan in the family which is lovely top work i'm sure you've been excellent throughout i am running on fumes let's say that so we'll quickly cover the leicester and uh, fulham games they were shit, weren't they? Yes, definitely. The last two game was. I didn't see the Fulham game, sadly. Um, but seeing the goals and the highlights were bad enough. Yeah, that that sent me over the edge. I voiced my uh, disapproval for Jesse and his job. And what, it worked. It got the you, reaction I wanted. <laughs> did, I mean, it felt at the end of the Leicester game that he was done. Like, I, for me, it just didn't feel like there was any way back. You know, it was such a poor performance. Yeah, it felt like we were we were a loss at Fulham away from him from him getting the sack. Did you feel the same? Um, not necessarily, but I thought after Fulham, I thought that was that was definitely it. They, they, yeah, he could have they could have had the wheels in motion after Leicester, um, but yeah, Fulham Fulham for me, I just thought that was it. I thought the players, you know, looking at the way we defended those goals and the whole thing about it, from what I saw, just looked like it was all done. Uh, I thought that was it. The lineups for both those games were guesswork. Mm. The body language from the players was abject, awful, didn't want to do anything. It was really quite upsetting because you'd hope that they'd play for the shirt and the fans and they would just look like stubborn kids who don't want to play for that dickhead. <laughs> and and then the Fulham game just echoed that. It was so poor and it, the substitutions were awful. He looked beaten. The fact he didn't go over to the crowd after the Leicester game 
it, it was it's ever since he's been in, it's all felt to me like it's all about him. Even when he's doing keepy uppies on the touchline, and even I sorry to jump ahead, but when when we obviously won yesterday. He's like, oh, it's we, it's we, it's we. It's like, no, 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 it's you, you, you. This is very much a Jesse Bar show. Even to the point where after the Brentford game, he got the cameras in while he did his speech saying, oh, I don't care if they don't sing my name. I don't care. It's us, it's us. It's like, well, the fact of even merely saying that shows the kind of egotistical maniac you are. You <laughs> Safe to say, Anders yeah. a big fan of Jesse Marsh. <laughs> I really want, I really want to. It was weird after, well, not after, but during the Fulham game, the apathy in the crowd was bizarre. It was like being back in League One, where all of a sudden it just felt inevitable that we were going to lose. No one really cared. It was weird. It, was, it, it felt like all the all the motion that we'd gathered over the last few years had just been sucked out of us. It was uh, it was miserable. I felt completely numb. And I've not felt that in a long time. Normally, I'm coming back from Illinois, either ecstatic or angry. And I just felt numb. And that's what really hurt the most is that I almost wasn't that bothered because part of me thought, well, if we lose, he's gone. But mm. you never want to lose. And I, I thought that with the Liverpool game, I also I almost feel that I've had a, a win stolen from me. <laughs> Over the past few weeks and the Leicester game and then the Fulham game, it sort of brought all my fears to fruition, really. Like I've always, I've never really trusted in Marsh. Like I've tried to stay positive and, and you know, Hope that it was going to come good, but deep down, I've always felt like it was going to fail. And then, you know, the way, you know, after Fulham, that just sort of made me realise that I was right all along, and and he was going to fail. But then, obviously, Liverpool um, has has for me because it was such an incredible performance, as, as well as getting the result. I'm 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 turned around now. Um, you know, I want to give him a chance. The thing for me is in the the Leicester and the Fulham games, it looked like no one was playing for him, and then at full time last night. They all looked absolutely buzzing for him. He, he said in the week he wants to hire a psychologist. There's something completely awry. It's absolutely bizarre. And maybe because we are mere mortals and not professional footballers, we just simply do not get it. There's an element of if you're a professional footballer, you don't really play for anyone anyway. You play for yourself and you play for the fans. You know, the fans are the people that put you there. And I think as professionals, they, they do just get on with it. And I think even back in the day, you know, when there was talk of players not necessarily agreeing with Bielsa's method, they never contest it. They would still always, you know, get to work and try and, and try and win, you know. So I, th I think they're just, they're all being consummate professionals, which is testament to them as people, really. Mo moving on to the Liverpool game, I thought I'd intro it like this. So in honour of our goalkeeper, Ilan Melier, après la plus Le beau temps, which translates as after the rain, good weather. So, <laughs> so we went to uh, Liverpool and we finally saw positive times again. Like every everyone has been buzzing the last twenty four hours since the uh, the game finished, and we were absolute rock bottom. Like emotionally, in terms of our belief in the players and the belief in Jesse Marsh, and it sort of all changed in the in the space of ninety minutes. Unbelievable night. One thing I will say, it's it's fine margins again, isn't it? Because it was absolutely class. Um, we all thought we were going to get done. But the first 20, 30 seconds of the game, Cooper and Melier have gone full-on Schmeichel and Bruce on us, and it could easily be 1-0 to Liverpool after 40 seconds. I don't know if you noticed this, but I counted four or five times at the start where people slipped over, where players slipped over on the pitch. It felt like when 
Cooper was, uh, you know, let that run and Melia came out and there was that miscommunication. It felt, oh God, are we going to get a, a slip here where it causes us a, a load of problems? And then a few minutes later, we went up the other end and and the slip came came from them. It's, it's like, finally, finally, the gods have given Leeds some luck. Well, this is it. This isn't me knocking us. It's kind of saying, have we just been really unlucky at last few games? If you look back to the Arsenal game, at the time, I was really, really quite dejected about it and ruined loads of missed opportunities. Then we should have been better. That game could have swung either way yesterday. Yeah. And it, luckily, it swung for us and we were class and fully deserved it. But maybe we are a bit harsh as fans, eh? I think that, I mean, that is the thing about football and, and especially Leeds this season. It has been fine margins and, and mostly they've gone against us. And, and yesterday they probably went, well, they did go in our favour. But that's why you have to look at performances. And, you know, Bielsa was always very big on performances. And at the end of the day, we'd, we'd get what we deserved. And yeah, so, so like for me, like even with 20 minutes to go, I was thinking, you know, probably we're going to lose this game. But I don't think that would have changed my mindset this morning because, you know, we played so well. Like the players showed that they could do it. I don't know if Marsh tactically changed something. I mean, we didn't look particularly narrow. We just looked brilliant. And and all the players proved, or, you know, practically all of them proved that they were like, really good Premier League level players. And, and that was the thing that's pleased me the most. Like I know that it can work now. If you look at Leicester and Fulham performances, though, is it that old adage that, oh, it's easy to get up for Liverpool away? Especially, yeah. especially when half your team turn out to be uh, Liverpool fans that are on the roster. On the roster. But that, Find out next week. That That's a problem that's apparent with Liverpool as well, though. You know, they beat Man City, but then they come to Leeds and they go to Forest and they're not up for it and they lose. So, you know, is that a psychological thing going on with Liverpool at the minute? I think the thing that stood out for me yesterday and because we have to call ourselves out on this as well, because we've been critics of it, is that we don't always agree with Marsh's tactics. Fans don't always agree with Marsh's tactics. The first goal came from Brendan Aronson losing the ball in a position where we then counter-press. He counter-pressed Gomez to the, and didn't give up to the point where he had to play a blind pass back to Alisson, who slipped over, Rodrigo put it in. So actually, the tactics that Marsh instills in the players actually got us that goal. So, you know, we, we give it... Give him credit where it's due. Isn't it ironic that our good old mate Rodrigo has benefited from a blind pass back across the back <laughs> for... <laughs> That's a good point. Never thought of that. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. These things always uh, bookend themselves, don't they? Yeah. The thing as well, like for me yesterday, like I could even, you know, start being a little bit forgiving of Orta because, you know, last night we saw the progression that he sold to us from Beelzebub. You know, that that's that must have been Norta's dream, what we saw last night, because, you know, it was that good that it, I think it was worthy of that statement. I don't even think Chelsea was as good as how we played last night, to be honest, but I might be getting a bit carried away. But I just thought, yeah, and, and like the other thing about Marsh as well that I want to give him credit for, like we never time-wasted at all. We never faked a single injury. You know, we were always trying to win that game last night. You know, probably 14 other teams in the league would have been faking injuries and all that nonsense. So, you know, credit to Marsh. And, you know, I, I want Leeds to always be like that. Like, I never want to see us doing what Villa do to teams. So, you know, if Marsh is a manager who will play that way, then, you know, that's a big plus, you know, on its own for me. So, you know, I really, really want it to work and I've not trusted it. And there's a lot of things that he's said in the past that I've not liked. And I, I, I still don't trust that he's a top manager but you know it, this is a big step in the right direction I just hope we can build on it I think it's a case of wanting him to succeed because 
obviously as a Leeds fan, you want your manager to do really well. But when you when you shoe on that with the eight previous results, it's simply not good enough, is it? And you yeah. know, there's a turning point, and let's hope it happens. But it all counts for bugger all unless we go and beat Bournemouth. Do, do you think that the tactics kind of? I don't I don't want to sway too much from the Liverpool game, but do you think Jesse Marsh's tactics kind of? worked easier for him in Europe with perhaps against players that weren't necessarily as good quality. So you could, you know, make six changes in your team and you could stick to that style of play and it worked for you week in, week out. Do you think that's the case? Yes. And moving on. <laughs> so um Rodrigo's there at the right time. Ironically his passing was well, it was just poor, wasn't it? I didn't I know he was carrying an injury because that's why he kind of only lasted five minutes into the second half as well. But it was just a short range passing was just missing well just missing all the time wasn't it mm-hmm. yeah I, I want to see Gellhart out there just want to give him a, a chance like I don't know I don't know what he really has to do even for the Fulham you know the second goal against Fulham you know that was brilliant what he did there it was it was inspired and then the little pass at the end um, you know he just always seems to make things happen um, and you know whether he's ready to lead the line for Leeds in a high pressure situation even if he isn't, he can't. I don't think he can be worse than what we're getting from Rodrigo. Yeah. Having said that, Rodrigo scored six goals, so you know it's not a bad return. But as a player, I'm I am positive that Joffy's better than Rodrigo and and Bamford. To be honest, certainly the Bamford we've seen so far this season. I think um, Rodrigo's got the same amount of goals and assists at this point in the season that he did for the entirety of last season. So. Eat, eat some of that, Rocker. Yeah. So, so in my notes, I've put Mark Rocker and Tyler Adams. Good. I thought Adams was absolutely incredible. I thought he was just like world class performance. Even that ball at the end to Nonto, um, sorry, Nonto, that was fantastic as well. He, he was just magnificent. He was he was KP at his best. Superb. Yeah. I think he was man of the match. I know everyone's giving Millie a big lick. Spoiler for... alert. <laughs> well, it's, everyone's giving Millie a big yeah. lick because he got nine saves. But Millie, for me, is actually at fault for their goal. I thought he should have saved their goal. I thought he had lettuce hands there. And the nine saves that he's made, maybe seven or eight of them he should be making anyway. I, I said to the WhatsApp group that we've got going on that I didn't really fear Liverpool as much. I'm going to shoot myself in the foot here. But without Mane and Diaz, they're not scary. And they weren't. Even when we were under pump last night, I didn't really feel, oh, bugger, here we go. It was more excited nerves when we broke and got in. I mean, that is aided by two for four pound on big bottles of beer from the co-op. <laughs> but I didn't really feel too worried. They, they, they were very blunt last night, Liverpool. With Tyler Adams, I heard someone say in the week that you know he doesn't do anything other than sort of grind away in the middle of the park and just be a bit of a pest. But I saw like a different side to him that I don't think we'd seen so far this season, which, because I think he probably, well, he created more space for himself. And, but his passing was just so good last night. It was, it, it felt more accurate than it had been. And I thought that excited me because I thought, well, if he can do this against Liverpool, you know, there's another gear for Adams to go into, which is, which could be massive for our season. He's everything you want in that role. He's bloody brilliant. It's like having the olden days of Leeds United midfield there, isn't it? You know, because like, like Calvin of late, just sort of playing very deep and spreading the ball around stuff. But having someone like that there now feels like, don't want to say it, but it feels like a sort of batty, Bowie-esque player, doesn't it? Calvin? It's not <laughs> ringing any bells. 
<laughs> Christensen, I think he's come under a bit of stick in the last few weeks as well, and there's been inconsistencies with him, but I thought he had a good game as well. And, you know, the, the, Liverpool did what other teams have done to us and come out on top, which is ping balls over our wing-backs and get into wide positions, play the ball in. But Christensen seemed to handle it well. Yeah, it was brilliant. He was really, really good. I'm I'm really, yeah, chuffed with him. It made me laugh on match... Well, actually, it made me angry on match of the day when there were... I think it was Shearer was like sort of going over the highlights of the game and then he was talking about that incredible ball that Christensen played in like on the half volley with his instep. And he's like, oh, and look at this, just a ball into the box and there's no defender there. Like, it was an absolutely magnificent ball into Aronson when he hit the bar. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, again, he's shown he can do it. So, yeah, just got to build on it now. I was delighted to see Bill come back in um, against Fulham like everybody else was, but I, I, I didn't feel that Christensen deserved to be dropped. Um, it was great to see Bill back. Everyone loves Luke Aylin, but I, I thought it was very harsh to drop Christensen. I, I think he's been one of our... He's improved game on game, and now he's proving to be very, very good. He's had some very tricky wingers in his pocket for the last few games he's played in and done a brilliant job. We've sort of skimmed over the defence, talked about Cooper's mistakes, which is always harsh, isn't it? Because we always tend to highlight <laughs> the shaky moments Cooper. But he was he was good all game, and Robin Cock was, was excellent as well. He made some really important blocks, one that... Ricocheted off Salah, I remember, going into the cop. I, I'm always much happier when Coops is in the team, so I think he's a leader. And I think we perform better while he's there. So I'd, I'm never going to bag on him for making a mistake because bloody hell, look at the rest of our defenders, they all do. Coops uh, dusts himself off and gets going again, doesn't he? So I've got no dramas with that. Yeah. Uh, the defensive bit was brilliant yesterday. Just annoying. Again, like you say, Rocco, watch your match at day. All they had to do was say cock block and they put <laughs> cock with the block, just just say cock block. <laughs> just say cock block. That's all you have to do. Get tapping. Yeah, I'm, I I I don't know about our defense now. Like I, you know, I, I've always been a massive fan of Cooper, um, and I, I've always liked Cock. Um, hey, hey. Christensen getting better, but they just all do still have like they will all switch off at some point. Like you know, the Fulham game was disastrous, um, and the Liverpool goal wasn't much. Better. So I don't know. I, I still feel like we probably do need. I, I don't know who I would replace, but I feel like we 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 do need to be better centre back. We that's the sign. That's the sign of where we are, though, as a club, isn't it? Really. Yeah. You, you know, we want more, but this is what we've got for now. And if we can get results that we need and end up mid table, then that probably satisfies us for the time being. It's not well, ultimately. It's not where we want to be. We know that. No, but that's what, definitely what we need. Look at your top inverted commas. Defenders in the Premier League, though a lot of them, are absolute mistakes waiting to happen. Yeah, Kurabali loves an error. Van Dyke's been turd all season. Uh, yeah. Who else is there? Scum out Scum out a good defender in years. Well, Gomez yesterday as well. You know, it's they're they're all over. You know, inconsistency is everywhere. We just need to be less inconsistent than others. <laughs> Genuinely, yeah. I think the two best defenders in the Premier League at the minute are Ben White and that Saliba. You're probably right. I know. I know. <laughs> Somerville, I was surprised that he started. I wasn't against it, but I was surprised. There's elements of his game where I think he can't. Well, I, you know, maybe I've I've made assumptions because I thought, well, he's a great player when you watch him in the 21s. He causes so many problems. He scores great goals. He makes loads of assists. But I made the assumption of like he can't track back and he can't defend. But he was excellent. Like, there was a time yesterday where he spotted danger very early and got into a sort of a left back position. 
and you know created delays to 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 stop Liverpool going forward like really well. I just thought that's so good. Like for a player of his age at 20, 21 now today, he you think you know he yeah he deserves a shot. And they've been talking about this pathway into the first team for so long. So yeah, of course you know when the opportunity's there, give him his chance. And and yeah, I thought he had a I thought he had a fantastic game. You know, it is guff after seeing his highlights reel and watching him play for twenty threes. I did not think that his first goal as a first team member of Leeds United would be a slide tackle in the 92nd minute to get second goal back against Fulham. Yeah. yeah. It's all, everyone almost sort of ignored it. He kind of deserves the Liverpool goal for that reason. Yeah. I'm expecting to take on 20 people, like run around them twice because obviously then there's 20 people. Put it top bins. <laughs> not slide tackle some idiot. And yeah, but yeah, like you say, he took it well last night. And I, I think I messaged you before the game saying I just do not understand why he's playing in this game uh, I think he's going to be a brilliant player but now's not the time to try and get him in there completely wrong Marsh is a genius and he's an idiot yeah I thought he was brilliant as well all night I thought I was I was just so impressed like so many times he, he was just doing things that I, I didn't really expect of him and another young player as well and even like fairly simple things like the ball to Bamford that should have won us the game you know, it wasn't a hard pass, but it was perfect and, you know, re- very nicely played. And like, you know, Rodrigo probably would have put it behind Bamford or, you know, it's the type of pass that you expect him to make. You know, you don't really give him plaudits, but it was just, you know, crisp and cool and, you know, just doing the right thing, releasing the ball at the right time. Those little things. Yeah, he looks he looked brilliant. That's always the thing with younger, newer, fresher players, isn't it? There's an element of panic and overhitting shots, overhitting passes. But like you say, I think once he got into the game, it was just kind of like, well, it's just a football game, really. I'll just do what do what I do best and mm-hmm. do it at the highest level. Probably got a call out, Marsh, for obviously, like you say, Andy, genius almost for putting him in the team, but almost genius for keeping him on as well. There was a time where it was kind of almost an obvious substitute that needed to be made. Uh, to that's, that's, his, that's his flaws, though, isn't it? Obvious substitutions. <laughs> well, but, but but that's it. You know, our our obvious substitution was probably take Somerville off. I, I was thinking 70th, 80th minute, get someone else on. And he kept him on and it, that's served as well. It served him brilliant in the Southampton game too, isn't it? With those obvious substitutions that he did make. <laughs> He's learning. He's learning all the time. So, uh, I mean, in the run-up to that goal... Um, in the run-up to Somerville's got... Well, actually, no, we'll go back to the point that you just made about Bamford uh, and the pass that Somerville made to him. Did you think that that was our kind of moment gone? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was fuming. This is the thing. I, I don't... I don't think he's rusty. I think this is just Bamford on, on poor form, you know. I just hope he comes good, but I, I don't have a lot of belief. It's a weird one with him, isn't it? Because a lot of people saying, just shoot on your right or take a touch on your right. But actually, he could have just opened up his body and taken a shot on his left <laughs> if he had opened his body up soon. So it's that whole thing of just he doesn't know what to do. He's like so indecisive because he's not confident in either foot at the minute. So it's like it feels like he just needs one to fly in off his face or something and, and just get a goal and then he'll be back in confident mode. Well, I think it's a blessing that he didn't score yesterday, which is weird, isn't it? But I think... If Aronson, for example, scored that one, he's volleyed off the bar from that beautiful cross from Christensen. Suddenly, it is the Alamo, and they're going at us for seventy yeah, minutes. Yeah, and the same with Bamford. When was Bamford? Was it seventy-five minutes? Was it or something? Fifteen minutes to go. I can't remember. Yeah, probably. If he scores that, then it's backs against the walls. They never really put their foot on the gas, did they? Yeah. Um, I, I think it was just timed perfection. 
I'll tell you what annoyed me. Where what, the hell what, annoyed get... you? what annoyed you? Go on. I'll tell you what annoyed me. <laughs> Where the hell did they get five minutes injury time from? Like, not, there was no injuries, was there, second half? Apart from Melier in injury time, hurting his face. Five minutes. I was fuming. I was, uh, I was in no good state by that point, mate. I'm not <laughs> Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So, Rocco, you mentioned earlier that you want to watch a team that is constantly going for the win. And it got to the point where Somerville had his chance and, and took it perfectly, composed yeah, we could have easily at that point have sat back or, or certainly taken our foot off and, and just sort of held it up the field and tried to run the clock, but we, we were going for it. And going back to what I said earlier about Brendan Aronson, obviously we'll talk about Nyonto because Nyonto played a big part in this. Tyler Adams played that ball out. But again, this all started from Brendan Aronson pressing Virgil van Dijk, who had to make a pass back to James Milner. And James Milner just played a lovely ball into our midfield, which was... Very kind of him. And it, so, again, it all started from the Marsh tactic of counter-pressing high up the field in the in the right-back, left-back positions and Brendan Aronson. Yeah, give him a new contract. Balls to it. <laughs> Aronson was brilliant as well, wasn't he? Like, he's just so good at... He's just so nice on the ball, just swerving past players and his, yeah, bundle of energy. I, I really like him. But yeah, no, it's, it's completely true. Like, to be doing that at Anfield in the 89th minute, is yeah, it's what I want to see. So yeah, fair play. And did he run something like the equivalent of twelve marathons in the game yesterday, or something? Probably. I think it was eleven, eleven marathons. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. But try and watch that because on the highlights you cannot see it. They cut it off on every version. Extended highlights you cannot see his running in that goal. And I went back to watch the full the full game on LUTV because I was sure that he'd basically done what he'd done in the in the first goal. 
and and he did, and he did it did it to perfection. And so yeah, that ball from Tyler Adams out to Nyonto, that little deft header that he where he nudged it past James Milner. He, what a baller Very he good. is! Yeah, unbelievable. What a little bit of skill. Someone's on paternity leave, getting to watch games back all the time. Aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so true. He did well with the ball into the box as well, and then Bamford with a beautiful little flick over. <laughs> Bamford knew what he was doing, didn't he? Yeah, just flick it up <laughs> off your knee, perfectly into his path. Lovely. No, I've been bagging on Marsh during this, but I loved the passion. At the end. I think as soon as as soon as he scores, doesn't Adams peg it straight to Marsh? Yeah, I think that was the fit. Uh, oh, was was it? Was that the goal? Was it final whistle? Oh, sorry, no, it was final whistle. Yeah. I'm not sure actually now because I think Adams pelted to the away end at the final whistle. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. This is the tricky part to say that these players in the games against Leicester and Fulham looked completely disengaged and uninterested. There was a real togetherness and spirit yesterday, and mm. it was brilliant to see. It's just very confusing. Can I jump ahead or are you going to shout at me? You can do what you like. Oh. Go on. No, no one will shout at you here. It's a safe place. <laughs> I understand that, you know, if everyone getting on everyone's backs at the minute, then there's going to be a release of energy and frustration, isn't there? What is our owner doing, jumping straight on the tweets, going, ha-ha, told you so, this is a <laughs> thing. It's like, it's, it's playground stuff, isn't it? Yeah. It, 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 my dad said um, that he was, like, delighted for Jesse, but, like, annoyed that that, that uh, Radrizani and Ota and Kinnear would be able to brag about it and boast about it. It's the side-before-self stuff, but it's very self-before-side. It's, it's, it's absolutely bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. Phil Hay picked up on this last week, and it's something that I've been pondering a while, and, and like, probably a, another big topic for another day. But the thing that sort of I find difficult at the minute is that there doesn't appear to be any sort of long-term vision for us. Like, what what is that, What is our plan, like, other than staying in the Premier League? You know, we've been able to attract players like Adam, uh, Tyler Adams, Brendan Aronson. You see, I disagree. I think on the last eight games before yesterday, I didn't think staying on the Premier League was part of the plan. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. But, yeah, it, that that's kind of it. And it's like Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson have been brought here on... Well, on the promise of Premier League football, that's it. You know, it's like you're going to play for a Premier League team. But now what? You know, like, how do we keep those players? How do we build on it? There isn't a vision that, to me that says, you know, in the next however many years, this is where we want to be. This is where you are in the club. And that's the thing, I think, with Radrizani is the question of how long is he going to be here? Because I think we don't have that vision because of this shared ownership. What we need is sole ownership for someone to say, this is the plan for the next five years. Like even the ground stuff, that's all gone missing as well. We don't even know what's happening with that. There was so, yeah. so much song and dance about staying in the, the Premier League for three seasons, two seasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he said we're going to be in Europe in this season. Yeah, he did in the first season. We're yeah. not even flirted with that pony conference league, are we? I think they've been I think they've been arrogant and complacent in, in the same measure. And then also, yeah, this thing in the background, it's clearly must be holding us back, surely. You know, the, the takeover thing. You know, the fact that we spent net zero uh, in the summer and also in the past, I remember them saying like the first two years to survive and and then you know we start going for it and trying to go up to that next level. And we spent we spent nothing. So yeah, the the plan definitely has changed. I think um, just just waiting for the 49ers to to do their thing. But then what are they going to do? Exactly. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing. We don't. How are we supposed to know? They how serious they are about making Leeds good? Um, not got a clue. We'll hopefully find out because there's no other option. It's either them or Radrizani, isn't it? 
I think that's what all of our frustration boils down to is that, you know, in the championship, we had a clear, what we were trying to do was get out of it. We were trying to win the league, get into the Premier League, but now what? And I think once that becomes clearer and once everyone understands it, then maybe we'll all feel a little bit better and we'll know why we're signing certain players. We'll know all the challenges that we need to overcome and we'll understand that maybe, yeah, for a few years, we're going to be a mid-table side. But like you say, going back a couple of years and saying we're going to be flirting with Europe after season three, everyone is all of a sudden underwhelmed. So anyway. Yeah. We'd probably say uh, fair play to them for for shipping out James and trusting like players like Somerville and Yonto. You know that was a big call. Maybe you could say that they were just trying to do it on the cheap. And luckily, the players are looking like they might be good enough. But um, yeah, at the moment, I don't think anyone would regret that move. Anyway, anything else on Liverpool? Yeah, stat of the day: fifty years ago, we beat Liverpool at Anfield to end a thirty-four match undefeated league run at Anfield for Liverpool. And now we've done it 29 league games. It's nice, isn't it? The Virgil van Dijk stats were mental too, isn't it? Yeah. Six, 70. 69 games or something. 69 games. That's a lot of licking, that, isn't it? <laughs> also, um, I saw today that they've, Liverpool haven't lost a home league game in front of the fans since like 2015 or something crazy. Maybe 17. The atmosphere there was rubbish yesterday you could like after they sang you'll never walk alone it was just like they went in silent mode even during that you could hit leeds fans couldn't you bless i should have been there i i had a ticket in the cup with my brother but i couldn't go in the end because my my wife had to uh had to work so i had to babysit i completely forgot your brother's liverpool fan all those years that you and you tried to convert him to being a leeds fan and (laughs) i bet he's Sad today. Was, um, so yeah, he was he was fuming. He left as soon as we scored, and <laughs> and then he reappeared about a minute later to just in case they did equalise in injury time. But yeah, he was he he's worried. He's worried about Liverpool. He hates oh. Nunez. That's what you see. Seventy million for a striker, and look how crappy he is. So glad we didn't buy him. He's got like sort of Shaolin type hair though, hasn't he? Which looks quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> Better than Bamford's. That's what you get when you pay all that money, a decent barnet. <laughs> okay, so yeah, Liverpool, unbelievable night. We'll never forget it. You can you can easily breeze past these moments as being, yeah, we won on to the next Bournemouth, but you got to soak these because they're amazing nights. You know, I, I think back to the, the games uh, of our youth and Alan Smith with that goal at Anfield, and they're just classic nights that will remain in your history uh, for years to come. So, Brilliant stuff, lovely. And uh, yeah. My fear is just it's papered over the cracks, though. Well, that's it. And, you know, papering over the cracks is the fear. And on to Bournemouth next, too. How many times have we played them? How many do you reckon? Not many. 17. Oh, no, wait. That doesn't make sense. Got me an even number on it. Unless there's a Does cup it? game. No, yeah. I'm chatting guff. Nine, <laughs> 19 and a half. What was yours, Rocco? <laughs> 14. 13 times. Ooh. We, we've, we've won 10. Lost once and drawn two. So, but yeah, but yeah, this is one of those games. We've only lost once. Yeah, I was at that one loss as well. It was bloody awful. I tricked, I tricked my missus into going away to Bournemouth with us for (laughs) the week, and we played on a Tuesday night. I think we lost (laughs) four-one, and she went, "Oh, what are we doing tonight?" I went, "Oh, I don't know." And then met the lads at the pub. She was was like, (laughs) "Here we go," but remember. Premier in Lenny Henry's good night guarantee. <laughs> so me and my missus were booked in hotel. All oh, lads booked in the same hotel. Yeah, we got wild. 
some lads went to the casino that's built into it. We all went out and we went down for breakfast the next day. We checked out and we said, uh, oh, yeah, them, them late fans kept us up all night. He says, we couldn't <laughs> sleep. And we got this room for free. <laughs> that's magnificent. <laughs> and then they stopped doing that promise after that. <laughs> Mate, I d- don't know, but I, I loved it. It was great. Basically, a free couple of nights in Bournemouth. So <laughs> that that is sounds like a classic Andy night. And but back to your point about uh, painting over the cracks. And there's a few people today who are a bit like, I take it all back. What I said about Marsh, she's brilliant. Da da da. It's like, come on, like let's let's be realistic. We've had an unbelievable night, but it doesn't it doesn't resolve any of the problems that we've had over the last well since the start of the season really you know it's we've been so inconsistent and and i think sometimes the tactics work which it shows but when they don't it's miserable and we're we're a hard team to watch leicester and fulham were awful the leicester game especially yeah exactly that and um and bournemouth's one of those where you know they've come up to the premier league back up to the premier league they'll be massively up for it it's a huge game for us. There's a, a lot of pressure there, but you hope that the Liverpool game has lifted everyone because, like I say, at Fulham, it was everyone was apathetic and it was just a really damp atmosphere. And, and I think Ellen Road would be absolutely rocking at the weekend. And hopefully, you know, there's there's not a complacency going into it. There's just a confidence that they can now do this and they can perform against lesser teams that they haven't done so far this season. This is a big test in like some ways, as ridiculous as it sounds, it's it's a bigger test than going to Liverpool because like that was a, a free hit. Like we have to go there, we have to break them down, we have to, you know, overcome their tactics that will be what we don't like. You know, they'll probably just go along over the top of our pressing and and we're gonna have to show that we're good enough to to grind the points out against these teams because yeah, we're going down if we don't. So yeah, it's a big one, no doubt. The the worry for me is we always seem to start games well. Maybe for between 10 and 20 minutes, we start well. And then teams work us out and then it's done. And that's the worry. So we really need to capitalise. I mean, Fulham, we went ahead, didn't we? We should be killing that game off and then it's not a worry. Yeah, it, It's getting found out, getting caught out and getting sloppy. That that, that kind of... Um, like Liverpool is one of those games that sort of counters that a bit as well because I agree, like we've been like that all season, but Liverpool got back into the game and started putting pressure on us and then we got back into the game again and started getting on top of Liverpool in places. And I think that's just what we need is that that confidence that... And Marsh needs that confidence as well, you know, in the Premier League that actually I can tweak this team for us to perform well. I don't just have to stick to the same thing all the way through because when we tweak, when we make changes, it has worked for us, it's paid off and Bournemouth is one of those games where we just need to get the result, like whatever it takes, you know, even if it's not pretty, we just need a win. I'm almost at the point now where I just want to forget the rest of the season happened and, you know, like Liverpool, you know, sort of draw a line under it and start from Liverpool and, and see how we go. And I mean, we've got the World Cup break coming up and I found this funny, actually. So they're, they're not having it. They were going to have a two week break and then they're apparently not going to have it anymore. But I sort of thought like, send people away and, and and like refresh them rather than sort of like keep working through it and you know where they're all stressed and upset about losing the, um, the, yeah there was talk of them going to us like doing an almost like a mini tour wasn't there and having like a friend yeah. like a couple of friendlies out there but it's like why don't they just go out and do that anyway and just get away from it all here and it be a bit more exhibition-esque and sort of almost like a bonding time away from the stress as jesse marsh puts it like i yeah. think you you 
time, but use it differently. Here's a question for you, fellas. How much of a different team do we look when we come back after the break and maybe have a Fitzstuart Dallas in the team? And where does he play? Because we're <sighs> undoubtedly a much better team with him in the side. That's a good question. Left back Stuart Dallas. Mind you, you can't nudge Pascal Strike. We barely talked about Pascal Strike, but he had a phenomenal game as well. Strike yeah. is the best left back at the club at the minute. Yeah, easily. I, I, I don't think... I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. We've won one game in about, what, 10, and we're saying, yeah, Dallas can't get in the team. Um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't see how he can get in at the moment. Because we're better with him in it. There's no, there's no doubt about it. I've got an idea. Stick him up top. <laughs> well, yesterday, my beef was, why is he starting Somerville? And obviously, it shows what I know. But Click's been covered on making difference in games. I'd have shoved Aronson right, Harrison left, Click in behind. So I didn't understand the Somerville thing. Obviously, it turns out I was massively wrong and I'm an idiot. But with Dallas in, are you going to maybe miss Rocker, who I think has been brilliant? Yeah, I can't, you can't take Rocker out, I don't think. But you can't not play Dallas, can you? Sorry, no, you can. I'm I'm not playing him. You're on the bench, Stewie. Dallas is there to work his way back in, isn't he? And he'll become a substitute. He's been injured for so long and it was a bad injury. We don't even know what kind of level he's going to play at when he comes back. So I think... <laughs> I think sub, sub, sub is the obvious place to start him and then see where it goes. The worst thing would be that almost Dallas getting back in the team would probably signify someone else is injured. <laughs> and, well, that, it, yeah. and, that, and that is something we do not need, like missing someone out of midfield, avoiding saying it out loud because I don't want to curse it, but someone like Adams being injured would be a nightmare for us, I think. But he's an example and a leader on the park who sets standards, doesn't he? Yeah. I don't, I don't think you can yeah, get away you, with it. You, you can set standards, but if your legs don't work, there's a bit <laughs> there's a bit of a problem. So I think he has to be eased back in. Worked for Rodrigo all season. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have to worry. I'm sure there'll be injuries. He's, he's just uh, he's the Paul Madeley, isn't he? He's the 12th man that always plays. So, uh, yeah, it'll all work out for Stewie. So anyway, on Bournemouth, what do you think? The same as I did in August, that we will win 2-1. I had us down for a draw. Paul's had us down for a win. Andy, what are you saying? It's impossible, isn't it? I, I, I couldn't see us picking up anything before the international break. We beat Liverpool 2-1. If we play the way we should do and could do, we could steamroll them 3 or 4-0. I think I said the other week that we owe someone a bumming. Maybe it's time to bum Bournemouth. <laughs> uh, last point. So yeah, I had a, a look on their forums actually. Like I tried to dig in a bit, and the the smaller clubs, which is maybe a little bit harsh. No, the smaller clubs. You like that you can't find a lot of activity. They didn't really say anything on us. They're just people trying to shift spare tickets. That was it. That was <laughs> all I got. Um, so whoever you want, get yourself spare, down to Bournemouth. Spare tickets for a, a what is their capacity? Seven. Uh, <laughs> I think about twelve or something. Yeah, something like that. Fantasy football, we have dropped 30 30 odd places down to 91st position. Uh, Off my face, Rocker 1990s top. We're the left side, Andrew Dobson second. Cities in the sky, third. Travis Grant, well done. You're doing a lot better than us. Uh, Yeah, if you want to join the league, go to leads.com. You'll see a link there for it. So, (laughs) I mean, we've we've skirted around so much in this um, from game to game, but going on the Liverpool game, on the Liverpool match, who are you saying is your MVP man of the match? 
I'm going to go with Andy and say Mr. Tyler Adams thought he was just as important as Melier. I do disagree with Andy. I thought uh, Melier, some of his saves, like the way he rushes out and spreads his body, I think it, you know, it, it's it's top level stuff. So, um, but no, nah, Tyler Adams was just absolutely key as the leads that podcast uh, tweeted out. I wonder if we just, once we kind of know who the man of the match is and we record after it all, we just sort of go against everyone else just to be different, just to be edgy. <laughs> so I'm going to be edgy against you two and I'm going to go with Brendan Aronson as my man of the match. He was so key to those two goals. And, and you know, maybe it is unfair to not give it to Melier because he was so key to them not scoring seven goals. Uh, so that probably outweighs Brendan a little bit, but I just thought it was magnificent. He's due to get another goal. Hopefully it's at, at Bournemouth. So yeah, what's your final word? Andy, Bournemouth. It can't be at Bournemouth, surely. That's the end of the season, isn't it? You know what I mean. Andy, did you want to say anything on Tyler Adams? It's just bloody brilliant, isn't it? Let's leave it at that. Right, final word. I'm going with fortitude for obvious reasons. It showed incredible fortitude. Um, I think that was one of the most incredible results in 30 years watching Leeds. Um, yeah, just amazing what football can do and what Jesse can do. Good lad. Go on, Leeds. What do you want my, me to go? No, I've got my word. It's ready. Go on, then. My word is Jesse. I hope he's not a Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just bizarre how the game works and how everyone seems to be against him, including us, including everybody else. He seems completely out of his depth, but he must be quite brave. He has to be brave or something be doing this job. So I hope he's not a Jesse. I hope he's brave. I hope he gets the decisions right. I hope we do well. That's all I've got. The, the thing is with, with Marsh as well is that maybe, maybe he needed this situation. It's all been very nice, very positive chat up until present. And actually maybe being a bit edgy and getting in the change room and just saying, and and probably being angry <laughs> and putting a bit of pressure on them might have done everyone a bit of good and makes him see see reality of, and the Premier League for what it is. So maybe we're in this position for a reason and hopefully, fingers crossed, it's a chance for us to, to kick on. And uh, my word is cherry. Hopefully we can beat the cherries at Ellen Road. And uh, if we do, it would be a, a lovely cherry on the cake to end my paternity leave and then backed in it back into the misery of of work, basically. And then there's not a home, yeah, and then there's not a home game for like two months nearly. I hope your boss was listening to that. He doesn't, that's why I said it. <laughs> right, that's it for another episode. Thanks for joining us and thanks for sticking around, even though we missed a week or so. So yeah, appreciate it and we'll see you soon. Who's Paul? Podcast Network.